Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says confidence is not who we are, it's how we are. We can learn and we can train ourselves to be a confident person. Now, joining me on today's show is Lynn Podetti. Lynn, she was a struggling single mum until she found God who changed her life. And Lynn was able to find the love of her life and build a new life. And she also grew her social enterprise to a seven-figure business working from home while creating jobs for people living in developing countries. Now, on today's show, Lynn's going to share some inspiration from rags to riches, uh, her story. She's going to share how to start a social business from home, as well as how to outsource and achieve freedom in your business. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Amory. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I love these rags to riches uh, story. Before we dive into that and all of the other things that you want to share today, tell us a little bit about your uh, your background story and what led you uh, to that. In the introduction, I mentioned you were a struggling single mom until you found God changed your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so, you know, growing up as an Asian girl, I really lived in a, a family that was very controlling. You know, parents made me start sewing and helping them in their small business at home from the age of 10. And I just kind of really clashed with my parents. And so I started rebelling and ran away from home since I was 13, 14, multiple times. And it really led me into a path of no good. And it, I, I wouldn't say it's all their fault. It's just that they didn't know any better and they brought up uh, brought me up in a way that it wasn't in line with what I believed. And I've always been that person that is courageous in that, that if I believe in something, I'm going to go for it, even if it's the wrong path. And so I end up, you know, going down the wrong trail, meeting a lot of bad, bad men, dated bad people. And eventually I ended up being a single mum. Well, you know, dated someone that wasn't good for me either. And I end up having a, a, a kid and my parents, of course, tr- like, you know, completely horrified and said, get out of my house. And so, um, yes, I had to go on the street, live on my own. And, but even then I still, still didn't learn my lesson because I was still such a hurt soul. I, I I think I was always trying to, uh, you know, figure out what's, you know, how to fix my life. It's always about me. How do I make things better? It wasn't until in my late twenties when after just continuously being in bad relationships and my life just never looking any better, I remember just going, God help me. Like for the first time I gave up, I kind of said, I can't do this anymore. Like I I just can't keep repeating because every time I got out of a relationship or something bad, I would go, all right, next time I'm going to do this. Next time I'm going to do that as if I've always had the answer. But I remember clearly this one time I fell onto my knees and said, help, you know, and I, 
from that moment onward, of course, it wasn't like there was some magic that came, but that was my turning point where I, it led me into life coaching, personal development. And then I started to learning and discover myself and learn more about life and business. And then my life changed, basically, it's because I, I, I think it was my first time surrendering to God. The whole surrendering piece, I think, um, for every one of us, it's different, isn't it? Uh, for some of us, the time span is is shorter than others. But what was, looking back, I think insights and hindsight particularly are wonderful opportunities to share with others who may be struggling in a similar situation. So what when you talk about surrendering, what were some of the things that you found uh, that you did surrender? I know for me it was kind of the, the control, wanting to know when, what's next, what next, but just kind of really surrendering. What, what was that like for you? Um, I think the first surrender is admitting that you're, you are to blame, you know, because sometimes in the world you're always blaming others, you're always blaming the world, you're blaming that, you know, if I didn't date that guy, life wouldn't be like, and surrendering and kind of admitting I am at fault, I am not the best, I am not the one with all the answers, someone please help me. I didn't know who that was. And I got to say that although I, I kind of realized there was a God out there 10 years ago, I didn't become a Christian until dear. So somehow for the last 10 years, I, I knew there was a God. I knew there was a, a universe and I was craving for more spirituality. So I was reading and watching a lot of, uh, you know, law attraction things, Oprah, all the stuff, but I still felt like it wasn't deep enough. Like I felt like there was something more. And then I was had the urge to buy a Bible and I still have a, uh, on my journal notes looking for a Bible. I don't know why. Like I just felt like maybe there was there's something about the Bible. And even though I was, I've been to Christian school, and I know a lot of Christian people, I just never, there was never a connection, you know, and, but then it was just this timing where I felt like I should read it. And then next thing it led me to watching some YouTube content um, that brought me into this pastor, American pastor that was really explaining concepts that I really got. And then I got myself to church uh, in January this year. And that's when I was at home. I felt like I was, I was crying. I felt like this is my place. And so you know, like I would say that, I don't know, you know, God and the journey is very different from everyone. Like for me, I was always exposed to Christianity, but it never, never clicked. Even 10 years ago, I found that there was a God, but still it took me 10 years to realize there's Jesus, there's a real God, there's there's more of a journey, journey, journey that I can learn from the gospel, etc. Yeah. What well, was there any um, Bible verses at, when you started reading the Bible that really stood out to you that you can remember? Yeah, well, I actually, I'm cheating here. I'm, I'm reading it out for you. <laughs> so I actually printed. I, I <laughs> so I actually, um, actually just bought this beautiful frame, put it on in my house, and it's so beautiful. And um, it, it, it's from Hebrew eleven one. It says, "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see." Um, so, you know, with this verse, it's still relevant to the 10 years ago when I found law of attraction and the universe, because it was really about trying to turn my life, which looked horrible into something magical. And I could not see it, but I just believed I was like, I was destined for something better, or there's nothing for me to lose. If I just follow the tips and the success, um, you know, um, what do you call it? Steps that people have taken and follow that. And even though I can't see it, I'm going to believe it. And then things started to happen. And so that's why when I found the Bible or Christianity and I read these verses, it's like, that's exactly what I've been learning, but it's from the Bible, you know, and I, I wish I learned that earlier on, but you know, it's my journey. It's different. At least I kind of got 
in a, in a very transition way where I kind of, it's like I'm, I'm like the everyday person who kind of was atheist, didn't believe anything, to believing there is some sort of spirituality and still didn't believe that there was some sort of religion or Christianity. And then I got myself into Christianity, not because of any influence or family or anything. And so I think that I can relate to people that are like, I don't get this stuff, you know, because I was like that too and now I'm here. What I love about what you've said too, and and I, I think, um, well, I don't think, I, I know, it says, you know, in the Bible, seek and you shall find. And I think what you're sharing with us, you unpacked that, yeah, there are worldly ways. There's, you know, as you said, the, the steps, all those kind of things. But often what people are seeking, they don't realise that is the missing thing, the real, what, as we know as Christians, the spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, and when, we, when we turn our lives to Christ, what we also get as part of that you know it's the trinity the holy spirit which is the spirit of god actually then in us and that is something that um is difficult to explain the real experience of that isn't it and and it's like this incredible gift that you can only um understand i think when you've experienced it and that's often the missing the missing thing yeah and, you know, like 10 years ago when I did surrender to God, I think I had the biggest quantum leap in that year. And for the last 10 years, I would say that I kind of gone back to the normal, you know, growing a little bit, but it wasn't a quantum leap. And it's because the last 10 years, I still haven't hit that like awareness that there's this next level of God. And this year when I surrendered again, kind of like, oh, find Christianity and found God, I would say this is another quantum leap year. So basically all the people that I've always wanted to meet from friends to business people, um, I just met them all this year. You know, a lot of amazing things happened this year. Or my business is uh, all about remote staffing, working with people from, you know, not next to you. And the coronavirus just made made my business so much easier. Like people are now all working remote. So I would say that, um, yeah, God just really blessed me this year because I finally found him and got him. <laughs> you know what's, what's really lovely about that? And see, my daughter and I were, were speaking about this and said, you know, often people who are, who are grown, who've grown up in the church and she did. I did, um, when we compare our stories and our journeys to people who did not know Christ and the amazing difference that they could just, they knew it was at that moment because all of a sudden it's like the scales fall from your eyes. Um, You're connected to the God who created the universe. And And you don't feel lonely anymore. There's something like eternity feeling. There's so much more you can do to the for the world on behalf of him. You no longer hold on to things. You know, like business. I've always loved business because I help people. But now I understand the 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 story behind everything. You know, stewardship and you manage God's money and all that. It's like now I get a deeper understanding about you know what I was doing before. Like I love giving or I love being generous, but now there's a deeper understanding. Yeah. And you know what I love about that, and we're going to talk about your business in a moment, and and uh, you know maybe there's some aspects of the rags to riches story that you can share too but I think one of the most beautiful things is you know each and every one of us when we think about you know creation God created us with certain gifts and talents and strengths and there's a desire that he knitted in us you know there's the Bible mm-hmm. that you're knitted in in um, my mother's womb you knew me before I was even born and so once we realize that that we were created for a purpose and that purpose is obviously to bring glory to him and then we surrender, as you said, then we can start to really live out that purpose. And, of course, we're going to hear what your purpose is in a moment. But it yeah. brings 
meaning. And I think there's you go from from a striving, which is very, which which as you says is empty, to one where it's just really in um, alignment. And I love to say alignment. Assignment. I love that. Sometimes you have periods of, of your life where you are growing and learning. You're stripping back the layers that no longer are, you know, um, relevant to you. You're surrendering more and more. And obviously then you find that God can open more doors for you and put you in places and situations yeah. that you could not have done. Um, yeah, I think you described the right word there. I think, um, you know, Although I found the law of attraction and putting it out there and 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 believing my dreams, I would still say that I strived a lot the last nine ten years. This year has been a lot of like working, but in a fun way, in a relaxed way, knowing that God has my back or that I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's just That's I'm striving to the place yeah. and trust. That that is something that I. Um, it, it can be difficult, especially for those of us who are ambitious. We're driven. Mm-hmm. We like setting goals um, and just going for them. And then yeah. sometimes when we're told, wait, it's like, wait, are you serious? Do I really need to wait? Yeah. And then uh, something happens. But we know that it's like, well, now that you've surrendered and you're not striving and um, and there's there's a fine but line that we need to find, don't we, as to, to that, which uh, I think is incredible. So yeah. in- from rags to riches story. I mean, you've already yeah. shared incredible um, insights with us, but are there some other things that you can look um, at your journey where you think, oh, my goodness, I can't believe where I am now to where I was so many years ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was young back then with a kid and I was on Centrelink, you know, I was living off government money. And, you know, when I was learning to trust in the universe and, and you know, give, I was like, I don't even have much to give. And yet, but I just trusted and I gave. And and the more you give, the more you just can't outgive God. You can't outgive the universe. More blessings came. And I remember putting out my dream board out there with like the house I want to live in, the car I want to drive. And my mum would go, what's that? You know, I said, I'm going to have that next year and it's just out of faith and then magically all of that happened and I met my husband who you know was a successful business owner but I never even asked for that I was just like I wanted a good guy a good relationship but he came with um, everything ready for me to move in Um, but you know moving in we grew our wealth together we worked hard together but most important we were still happily married Um, and so I did go from a single broke person, but I really trusted in the process. Yeah, I trusted that that I don't know better, that I can ask for anything I want, but I'm willing to work hard so that I can go from nothing to something. You know, I I I used to live in Sunshine in Melbourne, which the nickname is Scumshine, you know, and then now I feel really blessed to live on a property and with all the features that I've ever described in my bucket list. Um, And so I wanted to be that inspiration to people that, you know, you can never just identify yourself with that background that you started with or the circumstance you're with. You can make things happen for you, but it is a lot of work and a lot of trust. Yeah, absolutely. Now, share a little bit more about your business, particularly your why and the mission that you you are, because I love that. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why uh, I said, you know, come and come on and share your story and the impact that you are making. To share a little bit more about your yeah. business. And what you give back to and how you help those incredible uh, sure. people, please. 
Yeah. So, you know, I started my business at first because I had a young son and I wanted that flexibility working from home so I could be there more for him. And so, you know, starting a business was my selfish journey of just like, I need it for myself. But when I got deeper into business and I started an, an agency uh, hiring uh, virtual people from Philippines or other developing country, I started to fall in love with it more. I realized that by creating employment for people and getting access to people from overseas, it's a win-win. You know, I'm able to uh, be able to hire people at a more affordable rate, but I'm actually creating employment for people over there. And so my business really is helping to create freedom for business owners around Australia, America, across the world. It doesn't matter where you are. We serve you to help uh, you scale your business with a team and they can help you with your marketing, etc. But these people, you know, often live or they all pretty much live in developing countries like the Philippines. So without us creating employment there, these people wouldn't have the opportunities. So they, and, and the other thing I love is that I decided early on that if I'm going to quit my job to work from home and have that flexibility, I'm going to make sure that is my principle too. So we only recruit mums and dads that are working from home in the Philippines, for example, because we're like, why do we have to put them in an office and just so we could get the, you know, make sure we can see them and, and, and you know, it's all about our needs versus you know, what is it? I wouldn't want to, like, if I was escaping from a, a, a box, a corporate box, then I want that for the people that work for me too. So a whole team is all remote as well. And so um, the other thing is, of course, you know, every client that hires a VA is already a great social impact, but then we do beyond that. We also uh, invest back profit into programs like disadvantaged kids who maybe live from um, in a, a Villani foundation, which are like orphans or disadvantaged kids. And we provide computer training because we're thinking, well, if we could train them up and learn more about online and computers, they could one day be a VA and earn a good living. But then there are also parts that you know, they don't even have food and water and all that. So then we would fund our group of actual Christian brothers. So there's a group of volunteers in the Philippines where uh, they're Christian brothers who just wanted to help these remote villages. And when they go there, they also spread the words of the, of God as well. And so our funding goes to them so they could buy literally, you know, every dollar that goes to them goes to the people in need. It's not an organization. Uh, it's not, doesn't go to, you know, staffing on, and resources. It actually just goes to the, the remote people there. Go back into the community. And, you know, yes. one of the stories that um, I found on your website, and you hear this time and time again, sadly, with these developing countries, is that if they've got so many children, particularly with, and I think it's even um, boys as well, but particularly girls, they're sold into yes. the sexual slave rings. And I just could not imagine, um, you know, for, yeah. for parents, having to being so desperate that they have no other way to generate income than yeah. to do that i mean that's right and you know i was born in vietnam and i remember the life that i used to live in there i didn't have toilet paper i was using newspaper to you know so i understand and so that's i think that's my connection and even though when i started outsourcing working with overseas people it wasn't smooth sailing i made mistakes and people ripped me off and i had all that problem but I saw through that. I saw that we could actually reduce poverty in these countries if we just learned to work with these people. And so when I did it for myself, I decided I was going to do it for people. And yes, if we create employment for people there, they don't have to go anywhere. They can still, you know, be there with their family because there's also sad cases of modern slavery, you know, people being able to having to go to other countries to, to be housekeepers and do whatever else just to um, make a living and leaving the young kids there. And so I still, I think that's really sad. So being able to stay in your hometown, be with your family and make a good living 
is the goal. I think one of the things that we so often forget being in, you know, Western worlds is that we have governments that mm-hmm. have deep, deep, deep pockets. And mm-hmm. so really um, there is support there. But in a lot of those developing countries, if there is nothing, no food on the table, there is nowhere you, really you can go, is there? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so we try to also, we see every virtual assistant that we hire are potential leaders. So we spread the the word to them that it's not about just helping you and your family. It's like, how can you spread more kindness and generosity to your community? And, and, you know, they, that's why they also volunteer uh, with the programs that we do. And then we also know that there are people that even if you give them the computer, they, they need food, they need water, they need livelihood. So then that's why we have to kind of, you know, partner with certain people that can execute those programs for us. Cause yeah, unfortunately there's different people have different needs and yeah, we just have to collaborate with one another because with people like them, they need the funding. They can do the the hard work of trekking over there, but without the funding, they can't do that. And for us, I can't go there. I'm in Sydney or et cetera. Uh, yeah. And so it's such a great collaboration. Uh, it so is. You know what I love about that too? And um, I mean, I've, I've heard this from a number of different places of people who are also giving back to communities. But I think it was, um, oh, if I remember the name, I'll, I'll, uh, the person mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share, but he basically said when he goes in and he gives, say, funding or gives an opportunity to a woman within a village, maybe through a sewing machine, and she starts sewing and is able to share that, what happens is that's not just impacting the family unit, but she also gives back to the community because they're very community-minded there, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, the things have you noticed when you set someone up that's able to work from home, able to support her family, this also filters down into the community around her as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, you know, um, I was kind of ignorant and I didn't go to the Philippines for many years. And when I finally got there, because I just assumed everyone lived in the city of Manila or something, and especially if I'm paying someone quite high compared to what they would get paid there, I thought they would live a luxury life. But when I got there, I stayed at my one of my staff's house and it was uh, he was still showering in cold waters and I realised he was feeding his whole family. I'm not talking about the immediate family, like his, you know, like let's say um, wife and kids, let's say it's his mum and dad and sisters and brothers and that's just the way the uh, Asian community or family is. It's you take care of the whole family. And so, uh, yeah, with a great employment opportunity, they can feed their own family. And I think at the end of the day, if you lead a good example as a, as a leader and you're kind and you're giving, your staff will also do that and, and yeah. you want them to embody that every day anyway. It's not about doing something because someone told you to do, but it's just part of you. And so if they are embodying that, I'm sure their family members will embody that and they'll also help other people that they come across. I love that. So not only are you giving someone employment, you're impacting the community around them mm-hmm. and uh, that filters down. And, you know, to be able to, to share hope and opportunity and possibility. And as we know, there are so many now businesses who are recognising the value of going online. Some of them have been dragged kicking and screaming because of what's yeah, that's right. <laughs> on there uh, for, for, for longer. But let's talk about starting a social business from home. Share some of the maybe the highlights what are some of the the highlight lessons that you've learned over these years 
Uh, so in terms of starting a business or yeah, actually like a social... might be thinking about starting a business. Yeah. Business. Yeah. So, you know, when it, when it comes to starting a business, it's really at the end of the day solving a problem in the marketplace. So, you know, don't come out, out there and go, okay, I like this. So I'm just going to do this to the market. So at the end of the day, what I like about social enterprise or starting a business is that um, it's sustainable. You know, like if you're just thinking about doing the good but then there's no business model then you can't really create funding to do the good uh, you know whatever mission that you're trying to do so definitely think of it in a i need to make sure i make a profit but with that money you can always do good with it so starting with to make a profit you need to actually um, solve a problem that's in the marketplace and then you align that problem with a solution that you enjoy doing as well that you're passionate because you know i've made many mistakes early on starting businesses because uh, just because I thought it could make money, you know, it was just a great idea making money. But those ones never last because, you know, you, you're just not passionate and excited enough to see through the hurdles and, you know, because there's definitely challenges every year. Like it doesn't get easy. Ten years later, there's still different kinds of problems every time. But unless you're passionate and, and you know, in love with your business, you can't really see through that. So I really think it's about learning about your and look, I'm not saying that you have to know your passion immediately, but still be mindful of it. Be mindful of the, let's say, certain experience that you've had or industry experience that you've had so that you can, it makes it easy for you to get good at something and fall in love with it. And then you match that with solving a problem in the marketplace. And then that is kind of the, the, the magic moment there. Um, but yeah, over the years, it's really about developing yourself. Like, Business is really about personal development. You know, the better you are, the smarter you become, the more mindset work you work on yourself, the easier business is. Um, it's not really, um, it's not a lot about, it's not strategies. We all know what to do, but it's the a lot of the mindset. So that's why certain things I do, which not everyone does, is like waking up at 3.30 a.m. But why do I do it? It's because, you know, it, it creates more productivity, I'm more creative, and it's those everyday habits that makes a successful entrepreneur is what I can say now. Like looking back at those early years when I probably wasted time and weren't productive and didn't see the result, it's because I was probably spending a lot of time on social media, you know, yeah. chatting to my friends versus uh, being really, um, you know, watching my time the way I spent my time. Yeah. Something that um, as you were sharing that I, I recall, and this is really what, you know, tying your business to not just profit. And and I believe that, you know, people have also said it needs to be people focused too and planet focused so yes. that whatever you're doing is being a good steward of both the people, people we serve and the community at large, and obviously be, being good stewards of the environment as, as well. And what's really a, a important about that, I think, is when you are giving to something that's far greater to yourself. I mean, one of my colleagues, when when she makes a profit in her business, I think she, she she's partnered with a social enterprise over in different countries. They buy a toilet, mm. a toilet, and they install it at a school. And one of the reasons they do that is because there's a many developing countries where girls do not go to school because there's no privacy. They just oh go God. These things that we just don't yeah. know. She goes, every time they generate enough profits, she knows that, you know, in that province or that community, they've installed this many toilets and how many girls are now able to, to get an education. That kind of thing, I think, brings a level of um, yes. 
Yeah, just, yeah, just real. Yeah, and yeah, you, you brought, um, uh, I just remembered something. So when I went to the Philippines, I did, like I said, I thought they all live in the city in Manila. And then when I got there, I didn't realize that the infrastructure was so horrible. Like you could live uh, five minutes equivalent to, to in Australia, but it might take you two, three hours to get to a place. And so I realized that creating that home-based job was my mission. It was like, okay, I'm going to actually help I mean, it's not just the time people wasting. It's imagine the stress, the, the the pressure that you have if you're just traveling all day long and not seeing your family and just on the road going to work. And so that's why I got deeper with my mission. I realized, okay, um, you know, I want to only create home-based job, not just for flexibility, but it, because they are going to spend all their time traveling and it's not good for them. Like they don't <laughs> like it. But we might complain about it, like for us here in Melbourne from where we are, an hour, they call it, on yeah. on the, you know, the, the freeway, which they often call the car park. Mm. Uh, for them, it might be, as you say, five minutes, but it might take an hour because of yes. and congestion and all of and that. Then and public transport's not very good like we have here and it's just congested. It's Yeah, it's not a very pleasant way to work and and then use the money that you work on traveling or food that you have to buy there as well. So, yeah, that's when I got deeper with the social side. Tell us a little bit because I know there's businesses there. By the way, um, as we're finishing up, I'm, I'm going to ask Lynn to share some of her top tips on how we can start to outsource and achieve the freedom that we uh, really desire in our business so that we can focus on doing the things that really are where our gifts and talents and strengths lie. Mm -hmm. So if you've got any questions that you would like me to ask uh, Lynn, as them in the comments but if you watch the show after we've gone live uh, I'm sure you can reach out and find out more about Lynn and her business as well so what are some top tips top tips for outsourcing outsourcing yeah okay great great so yeah if you're new to outsourcing um yeah this is why we exist because we you know when i first started outsourcing i made a lot of mistakes like you know not, not knowing who to choose not knowing you know what to outsource and so a lot of business come and like i'm really busy but i just don't know what to outsource and so i mean if you go on our website um you can actually download an ebook called 100 tasks to outsource to a va because sometimes you're kind of busy but you just don't know if someone's capable or what which tasks that you can actually offload and so it's starting with figuring out, um, I mean, knowing what are the tasks you can outsource. You can already brainstorm ideas of what you can outsource. And then really, when it comes to outsourcing, look at it long-term wise. You're not just trying to outsource a task. You're buying a water, a bottle of water. You're actually hiring a person who could potentially grow and become like your partner in your business. And what I mean, what I mean by partner is that they know you so well. They know the business so well. They care about your business. And so I've had VAs who who's worked with me for seven years or there's ones that have been from the beginning at 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, they are the best workers for me. And so don't treat outsourcing um, as a short-term thing where I just want the cheapest thing and I want them to do it really fast. Remember, remind yourself that they are like, human beings they might be working overseas but they treat them like your local staff how you would recruit them to how you would work with them that means spending more time on training them making sure that they really transition well treating them well and they and the best thing about working with people in developing countries like philippines they're very loyal they're very like you know they um if you give the instruction they'll follow it they don't really question too much which is really great because you want them to follow a certain process that you do and so if you invest in that time and don't treat outsourcing as they flick a task, get it done. That's the project-based things. When you're starting new, yeah, sure, you might have to get a logo done or something really short done. Then it's a flick of a task and get it done. But when you're ready to build a remote team, really look 
at investing in that time with your people and they, yeah, they just bring so much value later on because imagine if they work with you for years, you know, they could almost think on your behalf. They could answer, you know, I have VAs that even answer um, on my social media. It sounds so much like me um, or, you know, one of my VA is the one that does all my payroll. She knows my credit card, knows my everything. So that's the power of outsourcing. And of course, they're one third of the cost of um, uh, of um the resource here, but most importantly, go back to, to the, my point is you are actually creating a social impact when you're outsourcing. Yeah. What I love about um, the, the, uh, what you've just said too, and I want to stress this is so often as business owners, we look at outsourcing because we need to, well, multiply ourselves. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And one of the greatest gifts you can give to a VA, no matter where they are based, is setting up a structure and the right system, the right processes and spending that time up front. Yes, it may take time and that time away, but it is so worth it. And I remember years ago, I mean, I w- I've been using VAs from all over the world um, for as long as before they even called them VAs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even, and, you know, I remember documenting things and spending a bit of time, but I, I recall the first time I saw social media posts going up and I'm thinking, I didn't actually schedule those. I didn't do that. It was the greatest feeling. And, uh, yeah, your, your, your VA or whatever, um, you know, because I know now you can outsource videographers, you can out, you do your bookkeeping, all mm-hmm. of that. Um, the success of the relationships and the outcome is predetermined by you as the leader and getting the right systems and structure and training in place. So we've got That's no one right. else than ourselves. So the buck yeah, stops. and you know sometimes business owners might say, "Oh, but I love doing this," or "I like doing it all myself." But I would always say, "How about when you're sick? How about when you actually can't?" And so that's when you need to really ask yourself, like, if you're not sure you might like it and you might be able to keep all that money, but it's the in the times when you can't work or you really need to take a break for, for weeks or months. This is when it's important to start building up your business to remove yourself from it, you know, to to be able to only do things that, uh, you know, for example, nowadays I might be on podcasts, I might create content, but it's not the vital uh, part of the process in, you know, in, in the production of our service. And so that's mm-hmm. when I really, really realized that I've removed myself thank, thanks to the team and the systems, like you said. Um, and, you know, your creative system is not just for the VA. It's really to scale your business, right? So even if this VA... It's not a business. You're, you're, you've created yourself a job. So if you yes. remove yourself from the day-to-day operations and it falls flat, we actually don't have a business because... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you create the system for this particular VA, but that's great because next time if this VA doesn't work or you want to hire a local person or anyone, they can just pick up the task straight away rather than you having to train one-on-one again and again. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. How can people get in contact with you, Lynn, if they want to find out more and and grab this uh, document where you've you've identified top 100 things we can start to outsource? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, so outsourcingangel.com is our website. There's a free download page. So there's a lot of little task lists and templates and checklists that you can download. Um, but I'm on social media on everywhere from LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. So do add me there. And I create a lot of content on YouTube as well. Cause you know, this year I also just feel like I just want to give back more and more, you know, and I feel like it's my mission, uh, you know, from God to you know, share everything that I've learned. And so I've been really inspired to keep creating content and share everything that I know. So yeah, you can find me um, a lot of educational content on YouTube. 
Yeah, fantastic. And of course, please do reach out to Lynn. Um, and look, thanks so much for, for coming on the show and, and sharing mm. your mission and your purpose, your why, which is, of course, uh, helping those in developing countries create their own business so that they can go on and in turn impact their families and, and communities. One of the things that I do on every show, Lynn, is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? Yes. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that we had today to be able to spend uh, with Lynn and hearing her story, her testimony. Father, as she said, you know, so often we are searching uh, for something. We know that there's something out there and, and you know, sadly, we so often search in the wrong places, but we're just so thankful. And uh, we say thank you for, for revealing yourself to Lynn. And now, of course, the incredible work that she's doing for uh, for those people who are in developing countries. Father, we just ask for your continued blessing on the work that she's doing. We ask that you continue to bless her team uh, and, and all of the, um, the outsource, the VAs and, and those people who are working virtually, Lord. Uh, we pray that uh, the, the relationship that they develop with their with their clients uh, are just booming so that they can continue to really make an impact in the lives of uh, yeah their community because as we said Lord the, the the circumstances that many of those people in developing countries here in in Australia particularly and I know in the US and, and other Western nations what they're going through and what they experience we just have no idea so father we just want to pray a blessing over Lynn's uh, business. Father, we also want to pray too. We know the enemy works in these places and we just pray we're breaking and a binding of, of uh, that, you know, the the the, uh, the people that, that are taking these young children and into to modern slavery. Father, we believe that it is one of the greatest um, yeah, things that is happening and often right under our eyes, Father. So we just want to pray uh, for those who feel that there's a, a calling and a mission in those areas too, that they can set up um yeah things that um can can support lynn and what she's doing with her business too we ask this in jesus precious name amen amen yeah, beautiful i love that thank you so much for praying for me it's beautiful thank you so much. oh look it is you know we often we can say things but look we want to cover it in prayer um, because we know that when we do, it's going to go places and place, yeah, places yeah. that we just couldn't hope to ever achieve on our own. Yeah. And it's a needed area, and it goes on right under our noses. Yes. So sadly, a lot of those rings that we would not have any idea. So pray that that'll be exposed, and that they'll find the people will find out. Hey, maybe mm -hmm. we can work and be a VA for for. Mm. <laughs> and that it continues to expand. All right, Lynn, all the very best. Lovely to speak with you again and yes. uh, all the best. Yeah, thank you so much, Amory. I had such a, yeah, it was such a fun time and finding me you know, meeting other Christian uh, leaders and business owners. It's, it, that's what's been making this year so unique and fun for me because it was just so aligned in our values. So thank you. You're welcome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.